0: is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Don't you dare attempt to go in my business. Don't you dare! Now you better get your shit and get it gone before that man gets here. Well, we'll be we'll be calling police, and we, you'll be arrested for assault, sir. You just punched me in the <laughs> face. Trying to get in? in no sir, one you invited, were holding the, you were holding the door. No one invited you in there, and you didn't tell us not to go in either. And you just punched me in the face. Yeah, and I'm gonna punch you again. Uh, oh my! It is ten oh seven a.m. Central Daylight Savings Time. Whatever. God. I Somebody stop these people from changing our times on us. I don't think that this is very good. Okay. I, I don't mentally I I just don't think it's healthy to do that shit to people. And we never know what freaking time zone we're in because half the year we're an hour ahead and half the year actually more than half the year and less than half the year we're on another time. It's just it's sick. So <clears throat> but it is the 30th of July 2020. This Is episode 260. Wow. Turned over another, another deca there. Uh, 260 of Bitcoin. And as you can tell, I haven't had anywhere close to enough coffee yet. And as usual, I'm fighting allergies because a couple of days ago we had a rainstorm move through, which apparently only picks up pollen that hates me. Fuck you, pollen. I don't need your ass anyway. (laughs) Oh, and what? Okay. Just this this is this question has always bugged me. The when you have an allergic reaction to something like pollen, okay, you get allergies like hay fever, that kind of shit. It's caused by an auto, an autoimmune response to something in the air. So your body starts getting kind of triggered to kind of attack itself a little bit. Not bad. It's not terrible. It's not going to kill your ass. Like anaphylactic shock or something like that, but it is kind of an autoimmune response or not either autoimmune response or regular immune response. It, it, it really doesn't matter, but there are some, some aspects of both that are going on. It's arguable as to which one wins. It it doesn't matter because my huge question is if I have an immune response to, oh, say contracting a virus and my immune response goes, you know, haywire and Jacks my body temperature up, makes me feel like shit. I'm good with that. You know why? Because it's trying to kill this thing that's trying to kill me. Why do you give a shit about pollen? It's not going to kill me. And, pe- and peanuts. Well, I, the peanut allergy thing. It, it, it's not like the peanut has something in it like a, a fierce bacteria <clears throat> that's going to cause your internal organs to freaking shut down. So I don't know, man. I, have, I even took immunology. And never got a square answer on why the hell pollen and stuff that is not going to kill you causes this kind of reaction. I think it's just, I think it's a kind of like a a little bit of over design by the universe and the human body. Or in my case, God, because I believe that way. All right. All right. Let's, let's start this thing off. I ran across this. I had known about this for a few weeks, but keep forgetting to mention it. Um... Bitcoin dot has been put together by, I think, uh, Git Umbral, G E T U M B R E L, and uh, Matt Odell. That's at Matt underscore Odell, O D E L L on Twitter. And they put together a, <clears throat> a web page where you can go support a, a developer for Bitcoin. Give them money so that they don't starve while they're trying to build out. Uh, The rest of this system. So I was going to take a look at it. But uh, the reason that I was reminded of it was this gentleman, Sean Yeager at S-H-A-W-N-Y-E-A-G-E-R. He wrote, uh, when did he write this? This was sometime late last night. I'm sponsoring Luke Childs because his work on Umbral or Get Umbral represents a huge leap in Bitcoin. UX. Thanks to Matt Odell. Oh, I'm sorry. To Matt Odell and Dennis Riemann. Get Umbral is the project. Sorry guys. There's not enough coffee in the world for me right now. Uh, thanks to Matt Odell and Dennis Riemann for setting up bitcoindevlist.com If you value what Bitcoin affords, consider giving back. So, this dude took him up on their offer. And what, are the, what is he talking about? Well, I'm over here at bitcoindevlist.com. That's bitcoindevlist, all one word, dot com. And it's the Bitcoin donation portal. Support Bitcoin developers so they can focus on building our future that's a hell of a tagline man i wonder who the hell came up with that we, we are get we are needing we have been needing better marketing and we are starting to get better marketing some of these people are are, are starting to sound like or or right copy that's really really good so this website lists people Working on Bitcoin-related projects, the goal is to increase the visibility of contributors to the space that are accepting donations. If you are currently working on a Bitcoin-related open-source project, submit a pull request to get yourself added. It says PR, but we know that that means pull request. <clears throat> Being listed on this site should not be considered an endorsement. The other individuals are shown is randomized every visit. Uh, the order individuals are shown is randomized every visit. Oh, that's good. That means that nobody's ever, you know, always at the top. But right now, I'm looking at. Let's see here. It's a good full page. So Nicholas Dor- Doria is on here. Tiago Vasconcelos conselos is on here. Jeremy Rubin, um, Cux, and let's, let's. So they've got like these little, you know, I I don't know little sort of boxes with their Twitter, uh, avatar. So let's look at cucks. I work full-time on BTC pay server an open source self-hosted Bitcoin payment processor that allows individuals and companies to become self sovereign, uh, Michael Ford, all he says about himself is I work full-time as a Bitcoin core maintainer. Jeremy Rubin says, hi, I'm Jeremy Rubin and I work on making Bitcoin. Excellent. Yeah, baby. My focuses are on not just improving the quality of the code, but also on adding new features that make Bitcoin more useful. So now each one of these has a button so that I can say donate to Nicholas. So that's just a great big Bitcoin orange button. It's not the Bitcoin shape. It's just Bitcoin orange, which is a certain hex, but you you get it. So if I click on it, it takes me. uh, Let's see. Donation to Nicholas Dorier. I can donate, oh my God, this is so awesome. Fresh dirt. Okay, there's 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 a set of eight squares up. Um, and seven of them, one of them is custom, but seven of them have different things on it. This is interesting. So the first box up is I can donate for one penny fresh dirt. And it says, you can afford a lightning channel with me, but can't give me more than dirt. I'm not gardener. And you are a cheap ass. Uh, for a buck fifty, I can donate him green tea, popular beverage for centuries. Increase a coating speed for one hour at the cost of a toilet round trip. Coffee for two bucks. Sushi for ten. Dinner with wife for a hundred, and a brand new phone for five hundred. New laptop if I donate two thousand dollars. Clearly, these are just really hilarious ways to say what level you're going to donate at. But it's it's neat. I, I like it. I like it. So that is uh, BitcoinDevList.com. If you got some extra change in your pocket going jing-a-lang-a-lang, just consider going over to BitcoinDevList and dropping some green tea on Nicholas Dorier and watching him bitch you out for making him use the toilet. Okay, now the other one. Um, that I ran across the other day is satsledger.com. That's dot rcom Sats Ledger, proof of work for minors. Uh, 21 block distributed savings book. Oh, okay. Let's see here. Risk-free Bitcoining for kids. Physical savings books plus stickers, which let your kids experience the wonderful workings of Bitcoin in real life. It's like a Bitcoin balance bike that's made of paper. Buy it. And there's a the little buy button. Good job. Good job on the call to action there, people. Putting it right call to action right up front. So let's say, let's see what we got here. Uh, get to grips with Bitcoin. Start your kids on their Bitcoin journey in a fun, stress-free way. And help them build a low-time preference mindset. Now they can experience what it means to stack sats and show proof of their work in a book they can hodl for themselves. It's time to make savings great again. Two books, many stickers. These little savings books will help your child easily learn key Bitcoin concepts as you help them to stack their sats. You get two books and 45 stickers. Node 1 for your child and Node 2 for you. Oh, it's a copy. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh my God. Okay. Each holds a copy of the same information like a BTC node, but in the safety of a trusted parent or relative slash child relationship, the ledgers log savings as transactions between you and your child, e.g. pocket money for helping with extra chores. As they mine blocks, they learn about distributed ledgers, proof of work, block rewards and mining, Difficulty adjustments, the having and so on. 45 plus stickers celebrate key savings milestones. Sats ledger provides a fail-safe way to build confidence in Bitcoin learning excitement. Instead of giving children the responsibility of keeping private Bitcoin keys, we leave that job to you. To keep the sats, they earn from you in custody for them until you think they are ready for financial self-sovereignty. So that's exactly what it is. It's a couple of books and you keep one and your kid keeps one and they are supposed to reflect the exact same information on each one. This is yet another interesting way to I have I have various theories about using gamification in education, but this is this is one of those that does does it in a way that seems like it's very it could be very very effective so uh let's see a couple of things that some people have said uh the creator of bit piggies ff2k you've probably seen him around says the best thing i've seen come into bitcoin since i've been here we get enough kids investing in bitcoin saving in bitcoin that's the long game especially with this sats ledger i would have embraced the shit out of that when i was a kid uh, C.K. Snark says, this is boss. Uh, Hodler Rocks, a Bitcoin artist, says, looks amazing. I don't have kids, but it's just such a brilliant idea. I want one anyway. It'd make a great present one day. And there's lots of testimonials up here. So go check it out, satsledger.com. That is com. Hey, have you ever thought what the easiest way to stay out of jail is? Well, I got one example for you. Don't be a shit coiner. Dude, the story of Plus Token is, is breaking apart here. Helen Parts is writing this for Cointelegraph sometime this morning. Plus or to- oh, sorry, 27 key executives at Plus Token scam are reportedly arrested. Plus Token, one of the greatest exit scams in history, defrauded investors of nearly $6 billion, according to the latest reports. The story of Plus Token, one of the largest scams in the crypto industry, takes another twist as dozens of major suspects have been arrested yeah, that's going to be updated by the time we're, we're done here. As many as 27 core plus token key team members have been arrested by Chinese police, according to a July 30th report by local industry publication Chain News. According to the report, the total amount of investor losses in the plus token scam is estimated at 40 billion Chinese won or about $5.7 billion US. The report also mentions that investigators have also arrested another 82 core members of the scheme, W Wan founding partner of blockchain-based investment group or investment company Primitive Ventures, tweeted that the owner key is already burned, so technically it will not be able to commit fraud. She said, quote, I sincerely hope this attempt can be a good learning experience for the Chinese community to start an effective DAO, a bottom-up governance, a real money or a real movement from the people that's for the people, end quote as reported, the Plus Token scheme has emerged as one of the largest scams in the history of cryptocurrencies. The project was initially presented as a South Korea-based exchange offering high investor returns. Eventually, the entire operation was exposed as a scam after several million participants found that they were unable to withdraw their investment. As previously reported, the scam scheme was estimated to defraud investors of about $5 billion in total. Okay. That was three hours ago. Already that number has jumped to 109 people. And I guarantee you by the time this gets to your ears, there's going to be even more. Why? Because they scammed other people because it was a scam. And all the people that were saying it was a scam that were getting lambasted in every social media outlet under the sun, uh, Yeah, well, yeah, because we we were saying this is this is a scam, and we were getting lambasted, and we're like, just wait, okay? And here we are, and we of course, you know, it's even worse now. That uh, we were waiting for more people to come down uh, on this thing than uh, than the first, you know, what one or two people, but it seems that nobody's ever going to learn their lesson, because we are still calling out scam after scam after scam. We are getting lambasted all over the place. And we are proven right every single freaking time. So, when the people that are saying that this whole DeFi thing is most likely mostly a scam, uh, our track record's pretty good. I'd steer clear of that kind of bullshit if I were you. Now, the Daily Hodel staff is writing this one for, well, the Daily Hodel. CNBC analyst says massive Bitcoin bull run officially underway. Here's Brian Kelly's target for the cr- top cryptocurrency. Uh, bull run is now officially over. Okay, so let's, let's see what Brian has to say because he's always fun to counter trade. CNBC's Brian Kelly says he believes Bitcoin is ready to once again surprise the naysayers and begin a blistering parabolic bull run. Travis? In a new interview on Fast Money, Kelly points to Bitcoin's recent halving, which cut the rate of new supply entering the market in half. As a prime reason, BTC is set to outperform gold amid the shaky global economy. Quote, for me, it's going to be Bitcoin. You might say I'm biased because I run a crypto crypto fund. Oh, God. But that's not it. I also trade macro, which means I have a whole bunch of different things I can invest in. Currencies, stocks, bonds, precious metals. And when I look at precious metals versus Bitcoin, Bitcoin has better fundamentals. And with fundamentals, I'm talking about the stock-to-flow ratio. Oh, yeah, baby it's better than gold at this point because we had the halving and when i look at the bitcoin cycles the bull market tends to cluster around the halvings kelly says he think oh that end of that quote kelly says he thinks bitcoin is on track to return to its all-time high of twenty thousand dollars within six months with $50,000 coming next year. In the same time, he doubts gold will double in value. "Quote: So we're tracking right along the 2016 having cycle, and that would imply that sometime in Q2 of 2021, you're looking at a Bitcoin price of $50,000. Don't believe it, guys. I love Bitcoin, but dude, it's Brian Kelly." So that's kind of the long-term target and in the shorter term 10,500 was a really big number. We're breaking out of a two-year range. It would not surprise me. This is just pure trading 101. Once you break out of a range, an asset goes to prior highs. That's 20 grand. To me, I think that's 3 to 6 months down the road so Bitcoin looks like it go up a two to five times higher. When in quote, when pressed on why he's overly bullish with many sky high Bitcoin predictions failing to materialize in the past, remember that Kelly said he believes his forecast fits right in with Bitcoin's prior price history. Quote, what we know about Bitcoin is it's extremely volatile, it's highly speculative. And when it goes on these speculative runs, it goes a lot further than people expect. So I don't think saying 20 grand is that outrageous when it's already been there. You might question me on the 50,000, but that's a year from now. Oh, goody. So we'll be able to forget all about what you said by the time it matters. Thank you, Brian Kelly, for being the gun that shot the bull run. You dipshit. Stop listening to Brian Kelly. Okay, even I mean this bullish stuff is just as bad as his bear stuff. I mean you really got to pick and choose what analyst you're going to listen to. If you listen to any of them, and I don't, I honestly don't. But this is the narrative that's being pumped out there by the probably the most famous counter trade on, in in the industry. So just you know, honestly, I just want to make you aware that he's out there saying stupid shit again. So. Zeus Capital reportedly offers influencers 5 BTC for link FUD. Oh, God. Cointelegraph's Turner Wright pinning this one sometime around 12 hours ago. Multiple users of crypto Twitter with thousands of followers received offers from Zeus Capital to post information on Chainlink. Oh, good Lord. This is just, this is terrible, man. Zeus Capital is reportedly offering prominent members of crypto Twitter payment to spread unfavorable news about Chainlink, which hit a new record high price recently. Zeus Capital came to prominence recently after releasing a report claiming Link was a scam and then heavily promoting negative news about Chainlink via Twitter ads. It has since called upon users to join a class action lawsuit against CEO Sergei Nazarov. According to a screenshot posted to Twitter by the low, the wolf of Wall Street, Scott Milker, on July the 29th, Zeus Capital reached out to him, asking him if he'd be willing to post an, an analysis of Chainlink to social media, quote, for a fee. And here's the screenshot from Zeus Capital says, Hi there, would you be interested in making a chart analysis of the current Price action of link for a fee and share it on your social media. We would be grateful. Thank you. Melker, who has more than 108,000 followers, was not the only influencer to report the offer. Josh Rager said he'd simply ignored the firm's messages. Crypto Twitter user Smokey posted a screenshot of an identical message to his 17,500 followers. The fee to which Zeus is referring was left ambiguous by users who didn't take up the firm on its offer, but one user... Icebergy, who has more than 12,000 followers, reached out to Zeus with an offer to post a bad link chart for five Bitcoin, roughly $55,000 at the time of writing. According to a screenshot response purportedly from Zeus Capital, the firm inquired if the offer was still valid. So here's the tweet from Icebergy, and that's at I C E B E R G Y underscore. Don't forget the underscore. Uh, I love this dude, man. He's definitely in my list, and I definitely follow him because he, uh, uh, yeah, he he's one of a kind. Uh, he says, "Holy shit!" And he posts this. He says, "Hi," there, or he posts the the screenshot of what Zeus Capital came back with, and they they are asking, "Hi there, is that five BTC?" Offer still available for making a chart analysis of the current price actions of Link and share it on social media. We would be grateful. Oh, thank you. Oh good God. Um Crypto Built BitLord has indeed posted updates about Link. Although this may well be a joke. Uh, While Zeus is pushing influencers to potentially disparage Link, it's possible that such seedy tactics may be having the opposite effect. Melker referred to the incident as completely absurd and bad for the crypto space. Others like Orbit, shitload of sevens, it's like Orbit 777, called Zeus' actions desperate. They want you to analyze one of the cleanest charts in crypto hoping to find something bearish. A few, including all, Al Crypto Trader, even said they were willing to buy Link at eight to nine dollars just to fuck over Zeus Capital. Uh, Zeus authored a report recently claiming it was building a chain link short position with a target of 99% gains. However, its website appears to have been registered only seven months ago, and the firm's Twitter account has been suspended for violations of the platform's terms of use multiple times. On July the 27th, it called upon its 3,800 Twitter followers to join a class action lawsuit against Link over the alleged pump-and-dump manipulation in 2019. Despite Melker's free analysis on July the 28th that Link is decidedly not bullish, the token was still priced at $7.17 at the time of writing, having risen and fifty six point uh, three percent in the last month. Oh God. Okay, look, I know, I get it. I'm sorry. It's it's a complete it's a complete shit chain. I get it. You know, Link is terrible. It's just uh, none of these projects solve anything that anything other than what we already have our weapon for. Okay, so there's that. Also, there's a couple of things here. One is I'm not entirely sure just because Zeus Cat when Zeus Capital came back to Icebergy, all it really said is. Is that 5BTC offer still available for making a chart analysis of the current price action of Link and share it on social media? Nowhere did I actually see Zeus Capital say, please make bad news, you know, give, let, let's release some FUD against Chainlink. Now that's implied and only an idiot would say, yeah, that's not implied at all. And Zeus is completely above board, but... You got to be careful with, with these narratives, all right? We're, we're in a world of narratives and I'm not, like, I'm not convinced that Zeus Capital was, is 100% against Link. They may have some nefarious shit up their sleeves in getting the price to fall so that they can you know, get their short position to get them a shit ton of money so that they can rebuy and pump Link. I mean, these, some of these people are in for a hell of a lot longer game than you might think. If you think a singular, like some, I don't know if it's Zeus Capital, but take any organization that is doing something like this. And if you automatically assume that they're in for one pump and and gone, that would be, I don't think that that's a good assumption. I think there are people out here that know how to play a very, 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 very long game. And we see that with Craig Wright all the time. So just be careful out there, people. Be careful. Rich dad, poor dad Author suggest gold bulls load up on Bitcoin. Jose Antonio Lanz writing this one for Decrypt.co yesterday. <coughs> before I read this and before I forget at the end, um, the real Kiyosaki, I can't remember the guy's name. Let's see, what's his full name? Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, the guy that authored Poor Dad, Rich Dad a couple of days ago, suggested that silver was going to go to 50 bucks. okay? You keep that in mind as I read the rest of this because, again, not entirely sure Robert Kiyosaki is above board, but, I mean, I think he just shills anything that he can. If the gold market is too rich for your blood, you may want to consider silver or bitcoin according to robert kiyosaki author of the best-selling book rich dad poor dad oh yeah here it is here's the tweet that i was talking about dennis gartman respected gold bull is out of gold thinks gold prices peaked i agree silver still around 25 bucks an ounce 50 dollars next any everyone can afford we used to call okay break right there i've heard silver called the poor man's gold Okay, so I'm not saying don't buy it. I'm just saying be be aware that things aren't always as they seem, so... Here we have the shill. Robert Kiyosaki saying $50, or $50 silver and everyone can afford it. If you have money, Bitcoin is moving up. I am out of gold loading on silver and Bitcoin. What are you doing? Got silver and Bitcoin. So he's shilling them both together. That's what's going on here. Kiyosaki's comments on Twitter were response to an interview that Dennis Gartman, a well-known gold-loving investor, gave to Bloomberg earlier today. Gartman told Bloomberg that he was socially distancing himself from the precious metal because he felt the market was too too crowded. Quote, too many people all of a sudden are involved in the gold market. There's only one position everybody has, and that's long. People have to be taken out of that trade, Gartman said, adding that he might get excited about gold again if it dropped to as low as $1,775, where it's been forever. Gartman's about face comes just three months after he said that now was the time to buy gold. Oh, wow, dude. Perhaps his words were too accurate. Trading volume and the price of gold are rising and traders are swapping their futures contracts for physical gold at a frantic pace, increasing fears of a of a potential market imbalance. But if gold can't save us from the current economic crisis, then what can? Kiyosaki offered some alternative hedging options. Uh, and then they go through his quote on his tweet about that. Silver is, you know, 25 and can it be 50 and blah, blah, blah. Renowned gold bug and Bitcoin skeptic Peter Schiff claimed in response to Kiyosaki by suggesting that Gartman was never really in gold. Investors should instead sell all their Bitcoin into this sucker's rally, he tweeted. Of course. So let's see exactly what Peter Schiff said. Um oh good lord hold on hold on i'm working on it i'm working on it uh let's see here okay Uh, peter schiff says in response to robert Kiyosaki's tweet robert don't you realize that dennis gartman is a contrarian indicator also i don't think he was ever really in gold you can't get out of what you never got into in the first place so keep your gold keep buying silver and sell your bitcoin into this sucker's rally I didn't have a daily train wreck prepared for today. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for filling out the show for me. can always count on Peter for a great daily train wreck. Continuing on, Kiyosaki's recommendation to buy silver as well as Bitcoin is notable. However, given recent reports that silver traders are more interested in accumulating the metal than speculating on prices, which cuts to the grain. In other words, Bitcoin may have a comparative advantage considering the reasons that led Gartman to exit the gold market. A digital asset with a flourishing market could be an enticing option to diversify risks. And as for gold, if investors are finding it difficult to trade and store the metal, you can always do it on the blockchain. And that last part of the sentence is a link, presumably, to some kind of gold v BTC trading platform. And I'm not going to get into it because I just, I just don't give a shit. Um, however, I think it is kind of funny that Peter Schiff is oh, and this Dennis Gartman guy that they're kind of like eating their own. Like, I mean, they're both gold bugs. And here we have Peter Schiff uh, accusing uh, Dennis of, of not ever actually being in gold when you know that Peter Schiff doesn't know. Unless Peter Schiff has access to Dennis's, like, I don't know, quarterly reports that he sends to the SEC, the IRS, and all that kind of shit, then Peter Schiff has no clue what Dennis Gartman is into and what he's not into. So, Again, it's funny to see the vultures eat their own. Oh, God, this market is hilarious. Bitcoin is a better hedge against USD than gold. Michael Kaplikov or Kapilkov, is writing this one for Cointelegraph. And he says, when did he write this thing? Oh, this was sometime uh, late yesterday night. Since Black Thursday, Bitcoin has become a better hedge against the U.S. dollar than gold. At the same time, its correlation with the S&P 500 index reached unprecedented highs. Since the disintegration of the Bretton Woods system in 1971, investors have looked to gold as a hedge against fiat. Gold has consistently exhibited a negative correlation with the dollar, with some very rare exceptions, while Bitcoin and the dollar have been uncorrelated with each other until recently. However, starting from the Black Thursday crash in March, Bitcoin has demonstrated a stronger negative correlation with the dollar than gold. The initial twist was caused by Bitcoin losing almost half of its value and the dollar's appreciation as investors were fleeing to quality. Soon, the roles were reversed. Bitcoin made up the losses it suffered during the meltdown. While the dollar has depreciated against its main fiat rivals and gold, the market has discounted the United States government's handling of the COVID-19 crisis High mortality rates, almost 50 million unemployed, and unprecedented multi trillion dollar stimulus packages have not increased confidence in the nation's economy in the eyes of the investors. In this inflationary environment, Bitcoin, with its encoded inflation and finite supply, may begin to be perceived as a viable alternative to fiat by more traditional investors. In addition, it presents certain advantages over gold as well, such as aforementioned finite supply and easy instant transfer ability. Okay, before I get into this last story on part one of the snooze that you can use, I want to say something. I put a tweet out, pretty, you know, I don't know. I guess it was about 10 o'clock last night because it just dawned on me. You know, if if we have manned space stations, and I'm not talking about just, I'm talking like in the, in the future, not in, like, in the long future not like a couple of years from now if we have people that are having families and live and work and and conduct commerce on stations in space god forbid the moon okay but let's keep it local okay let's just do orbital stuff um i would have to uh if i wanted to conduct business in a value of gold and i had to launch gold up to the space station well, let me just read what I wrote. Um, I said, what if I had to make a transaction with someone living on a station in Earth orbit of 150 million U.S. dollars worth of gold? Doing the calculations today, that's 48, 4,899 pounds of gold to launch. And then I give a screenshot that's from NASA.gov that says today it cost $10,000 to put one pound of payload in Earth orbit. Okay. times 4,899 pounds. You do the math. You do the math on that. Gold is not going to be able to be a currency that can be off this planet. Not and come back to the planet. If there was like a load of gold that somehow or another came up with the space station and all the people that, that like go to it in like very small minuscule amounts, Because I guarantee you that uh, how much you weigh is going to determine how much it costs to get your ass up there. Until we find some really cheap ways to get shit off the off the planet. In either event, I'm just saying. Look, I don't hate gold, but gold has serious serious transportability issues. It has serious security issues. It's got all manner of issues. In fact, it's not all that great of a store of value. It's definitely not good for a medium of exchange. I mean, if in in like if I'm doing if I'm living in a small town and we're all interacting with each other in commerce in gold, I could see that happening. But that's where it's going to end because the farther and farther away you get from somebody you want to perform commerce with in a digital age, the more and more gold does not look like the thing you want to use. I'm just saying, all right? Let's continue on. Uh, scammers are forging CoinDesk emails. Here's how to protect yourself. I don't know. Delete Coinbase I, or CoinDesk. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Poor CoinDesk. Um, one of the most inf- unfortunate aspects of the crypto space is its tendency to attract scams. The world bore witness to this in early July when one of the boldest hacks in Internet history, the hijacking of several prominent Twitter accounts, including those of presidential candidate Joe Biden, as well as tech titans Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, turned out to be a ruse to harvest some Bitcoin, says Pete Apashal from Coindesk itself. And when are you writing this one? Yeah, this is yesterday. Uh, Coindesk uh, was one of the hijacked accounts, too. And it was far from the first time our brand was exploited by crooks looking to make a quick buck, nor has it been the last. Previously, scammers impersonated Coindesk reporters on Telegram and other networks, typically promising coverage in exchange for payment something that we would never do. Now, some enterprising hoodlums have taken their tricks to a new level. Over the past few weeks, Coindesk has seen evidence scammers are copying our newsletters in their entirety, adding a malicious link at the top and changing the subject line to emphasize that link. Then they send the email to a list of active and perhaps crypto curious email addresses likely acquired from privacy ignoring data brokers or the dark web completing the phishing scheme. This is maddening to both us and the victims since often they never signed up for the mailings in the first place. When they attempt to unsubscribe from the email, they're either taken to a link that doesn't work or worse pulled into the Fisher's trap yet again. And so that's all that really needs to be said about that. So scammers are forging CoinDesk emails. Uh, just be aware, uh, just, you know, protect yourself And phishing scams are they're not, and not only are they not gonna go away, I think they're gonna start reproducing themselves, but let's do some numbers. The only thing that is not meh about today is the fact that all the major indices and all the commodities and let's see, what else is the bonds down? Everything's down. Not by much. Let's start with the major indices. S&P is down by three quarters of a percent. NASDAQ's down negligibly. Uh, Dow Jones is down over a full point. FTSE is down two and a half points. That's a big one. Nikkei is down a quarter Hang Seng down a half, Shanghai down a quarter, and the only thing that's actually up today is, of course, the volatility index, which is up Mm -hmm 8.9%. All the bonds are down except for the uh, German 10-year, which is up a negligible amount. It's still printing minus 0.542%, so it costs you money to hold that piece of shit. Oil is down a buck and a quarter so that's a three percent change to the downside uh west texas intermediate trading at 40 dollars per barrel nat gas took a kick in the nuts man it's down four and a quarter it's chilling out at 1.8 dollars per mcf gold is down uh 16 bucks to 1937 dollars silver is down 4.2 percent to 23 bucks robert kiyosaki yikes Let's talk about money. Bitcoin is at $10,993.89. I got a high over at Bit Asset at eleven thousand dollars or eleven thousand and one dollar. I got a low. Where's my low? My low is going to be probably at Hit BTC ten thousand nine hundred and eighty three dollars and seventy six cents. Three hundred thirty five thousand transactions have been performed on the Bitcoin network in 24 hours, giving us 14,000 transactions per hour, sending 1.115 million BTC around the horn in that 24 hours. That's about 46,000 BTC being sent per hour, and the average transaction value is 3.32 BTC, while the median transaction value has dropped 0.053 BTC, or about $580 U.S. Block times are kind of high, 10 minutes and 30 seconds. 1.34 BTC are being taken in fees on a per block basis, and whoa, 179 BTC have been taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. Hash rate has fallen by one and f- well, well, one and, and a third percent, bringing us down to 122.8 exahashes per second. And the last time uh, somebody did a pull emerge re- uh, 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 on the Bitcoin GitHub repository was sometime this morning. Ethereum. 318 Bcash, 288 BSV is 212 Litecoin is holding at 57. Ethereum Classic is holding at seven dollars. Dogecoin got a little bump, a little bit 0.0032 USD and at 51,000 transactions over the day. Dogecoin is lifting its leg on Ethereum Classic, Litecoin, and oh God, Bcash. Bcash had only 15,000. Transactions in the last 24 hours. That thing is just, oh God, horrible, horrible thing. Okay, mempool transactions. I'm going to refresh this from bitcoin.clarkmoody.com forward slash Bitcoin. And we have 47,000 transactions chilling out in whatever mempool Clark Moody is looking at we have 62 blocks to clear that and uh, the price that he's got is $11,000, well $11,012. So lightning network stuff, we have 976.49 BTC in as capacity. That gives us $10.8 million of liquidity spread over 7,360 nodes representing 36,719 channels. Tor capacity, got a bump, 438.02 BTC are now in the Tor side of the network. And that brings it from 44.8% yesterday to 44.9% today. That's 2,144 Tor nodes on the Lightning Network. That's going to do it for Vitals. Welcome to the morning roundup part two. I have refilled my coffee mug. Thank God, because we're going to have to fight our way through this one. Uh, Kodak. Let's, let's talk about the Kodak company. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just going to like lay, lay it out there for you. Kodak, which is, might as well be a dead company. Because they shot themselves in the foot so many times that I think they're they're just walking around on stubs now, um their price pumped like an oh God, like a thousand percent or so. I can't remember it was like it, it had been hovering around three bucks a share for months and months and months and months and months and months, and months after just a devastating decline of its market share of oh I don't know just about everything, and then there was that whole story about them coming. Getting into Bitcoin mining, and we find out that, uh, no, the miners just, the, whoever was making that miner just licensed the Kodak name, and Kodak had nothing to do with it at all. It's all bullshit. But the price going from three bucks to $40 in a single day on July the 27th has caught the ire of our good friend Ben Hunt, aka Epsilon Theory on Twitter. Oh, uh, I'm going to try to do this in in some kind of effective way, but Ben Hunt tweets on July the 29th. Trading volume in Kodak stock was 30x normal the day before this announcement. Burn it the fuck down. And he's linking to Lou Dobbs, who on July the 28th tweeted out a, I guess a press conference with a video of a press conference with Trump. But on the top, it says tackling the pandemic Real Donald Trump announces a historic $765 million deal with Kodak to bring medical manufacturing back to the United States. Okay, that, that's fine. Ben Hunt responds to that with another tweet of his own from Tesla Charts, that's at Tesla Charts, who says, On July the 29th, when the tweet was done, a whole lot of people committed felonies on July 27th in Kodak stock. And then if we look at the screen grab that they've got, July the 22nd, uh, the volume on Codex stock was 52,000. July 23rd, 80,000. July 24th, 74,000. On July the 27th, it was 1.6 million. On July the 28th, it was 272 million. But but the error, there's an arrow here that points directly on the 27th, point six one. Million six hundred and forty-five thousand seven hundred was the volume number for July the 27th. Remember, this tweet was done by Lou Dobbs on the 28th, which was when Trump made the address to, or the press conference that he was going to be working with Kodak. And I agree with Ben Hunt because in, in true Epsilon Theory fashion, burn it the fuck down this is unethical it's immoral insiders and i'm not even blaming trump because this shit would have happened under any of the assholes that we put in that chair i don't like any of them blue red green could be fucking yellow for all i care there's still still going to be a goddamn criminal in my eyes that's all i see of our that's all i see of governments around the world that includes the united states government it's not that i'm against america but I'm against those who are against America. And the federal government of the United States is against America's America and the Americans living in it. They don't like the land. They don't like our people. They don't like our money. They don't like anything about us. Why do we elect them? And why do we defend them? Let's see what CNBC has to say about this Kodak deal. Uh, Pippa Stevens is writing this one on July the 29th. For CNBC, Kodak executive chairman addresses jump in trading activity before government deal was announced. (laughs) Let's see what this asshole has to say. Trading activity picked up in shares of Eastman Kodak before the company announced on Tuesday that it had been tapped by the Trump administration to manufacture drug ingredients. Data from FactSet shows on Monday, 1.6 million shares traded hands, far surpassing Friday's 74,000. Trades and Thursday's 80,000 trades, not including this week. Over the last year, the average daily trading volume has been 236,479, according to Fact Set. The stock soared more than, okay, 200% on Tuesday after the company said it had been awarded a $765 million loan to start producing drug ingredients under the Defense Production Act. On Tuesday, more than 284 million shares traded hands. The buying activity continued into Wednesday with the stock at one point surging more than 500% as retail investors, among others, piled into the name. As the stock bounced around, shares were halted for volatility more than 15 times. Kodak wound up closing 318% higher for its best day on record. Quote We feel very comfortable that we're going to get to the end game. James Continenza, Eastman Kodak executive chairman, said Wednesday on CNBC Squawk Box, quote, "We signed a letter of interest, and we've been working on this for a few months. We feel very comfortable. Yeah, I hear Prison Orange is comfortable too." Constantinides, or whatever this asshole thief's name is, said the initial high-level talks started two months ago. He added that the company has been involved in chemistry for more than 100 years. And so when the pandemic took hold earlier this year, the company began making hand sanitizer and face shields, among other things. Amid Monday's heavy trading activity, the stock jumped 24.76%. When asked if the heavy volume ahead of the announcement indicated that the deal was leaked, Suit, Mr. Suit said he didn't know, quote, I mean, obviously, this has been pretty tight, kept secret up until last day. I couldn't tell you what influenced the volume, or didn't. We knew for over a week, end quote. Filings with the Security and Exchange Commission show that on June the 23rd, Continenza purchased roughly 46,700 additional shares. On the same date, board member Philippe Katz purchased 5,000. And all of you need to have shackles around your ankles. I'm sorry. I'm just, I can't, I, I, I I have no energy to make any kind of pretenses on defenses for any of these people. And I used to, I used to be one of those guys going, well, I'd, I'd go and come up with, I'd pull any reason out of my ass, any reason I could to make my worldview not shaken by shit like this. And I'm kind of done. I've I've been done for a while. This is insider trading. It's bullshit. People need to go to jail. And they're not going to go to jail. Buy Bitcoin, honestly. And the second thing is, what the I mean, yeah, Kodak's been involved in chemistry for over a hundred years. Metals chemistry, but not organic chemistry, not, not in the way that that drug manufacturers are. So exactly what have they been tapped to produce? More hand sanitizer? Do you really need a quarter of a billion dollar loan to do that shit? Was it a quarter of a billion or... Wait, hold on for a second. What was that thing? Uh, did, did, where, where, where was it? Where was it? Yeah, $765 million. So three quarters of a billion dollars to do what? Manufacture hand sanitizer? Is that your chemistry? Because the only chemistry that you guys had was film. Honestly, that was the majority of your product line was making cameras and making or manufacturing and and the distribution of analog film which you don't do anymore because and if you don't know the story i find this interesting it was eastman kodak and their research and development department that developed the digital camera nobody else did it was eastman kodak who did that and yet the entire board and all the executives told research and development that it was never going to do anything. I don't know exactly when it was that Kodak filed for bankruptcy, but I, I'm pretty sure it did happen and it happened years ago. And now I don't even think they manufacture film anymore. I don't, I'm not even sure if Fuji does, but Fuji, they started making manufacturing digital cameras. So they survived, but Kodak did not, they did not make, they, they man, They built the tech that, Enabled digital cameras and yet didn't sell a single one. They didn't manufacture a single one until I think they maybe have tried, but it was way too late. It was way too late. And nobody gives a shit about who invented what, right? It's who gets to market first. So I don't know, man. This kind of shit just makes me sad. But Iran allows industrial Bitcoin mining as it seeks economic refuge. Yep. The Department of Hedging duh, (laughs) says that the Middle Eastern nation has opened the floodgates for power plants to build large-scale mining, uh, Bitcoin mining hubs with clearly some caveats. This was written today by Shara Malwa for Decrypt.co and she says Iran, or he, I'm not exactly sure, Iran has allowed the country's biggest power plant operators to build and run large Bitcoin mining units, according to to local publication Irna News, with three caveats. Mustafa Rajib Mashadi, the deputy manager of Iran's National Electricity Board and governing body, Tavner, said power plants can run their Bitcoin mining facilities provided they comply with regulations, gain the requisite licenses, and do not use subsidized electricity. The move comes as authorities in Iran took towards newer avenues for economic growth, such as Bitcoin mining and revitalizing its stock market. But that won't come at the cost of disadvantaging its citizens, points out Mashadi. Quote, now, And in a situation where the supply of electricity is of great importance to the public, we will not allow those who misuse the tariffs provided for the agricultural and industrial sectors to produce Bitcoin that are worth more than $9,000. Oh, my. He added that Iran has the cheapest electricity tariffs, a benefit to Bitcoin miners. Who typically seek cheap power, cool climates, and labor to maximize their profits. Mm, cheap, or cool climates. Iran is not your bag, bro. Requests have already started to pour in. A spokesman for the electricity board said that they have already received 14 major bids for establishing Bitcoin mining units. All parties have asked for outputs over 300 megawatts, equivalent to the consumption of three provinces in Iran. Meanwhile, Mashadi said that illegal Bitcoin miners will face legal consequences. He announced a 10 million Riyadh or about $250, bounty for those who expose such units. Bitcoin mining is a potential boon for Iran. It continues to reel from the economic ill effects of sanctions imposed by international governments such as the United States over its nuclear program. And it's wholeheartedly jumping on this opportunity. Better. In 2019, Iranian ministers said the Bitcoin mining said the Bitcoin mining, can pull in over $8.5 billion annually, an amount the country's not holding back from. So this is maybe a little stumbly there. I think this is uh, kind of a translation, you know, not the best translation, but whatever. However, I I find this this particular uh, sentence very, very interesting we're going back up here to the middle quote now in a situation where the supply of electricity is of great importance to the public we will not allow those who misuse the tariffs provided for the agricultural and industrial sectors to produce bitcoin that are worth more than nine thousand dollars really gonna have to tease that one apart because i'm like i it it's very unclear as to what they're saying but it kind of almost sounds like if the price of Bitcoin goes over $9,000 that they're not going to let you mine it. I'm sure I'm absolutely certain that I'm reading that wrong because I'm kind of dullard sometimes, especially in the morning. But again, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. You need to go to non-oppressive regimes, people that actually, you know, want to build their countries up uh, to do your Bitcoin mining. My suggestion is to come to North America so that we can hold enough mining so that we as individuals can tell the United States government that we've, we're kind of we're kind of done with their bullshit, okay? Because this you know, this land is our land, this land is your land. I kind of don't want the government to own a single square meter of it. I'm serious, man, because they just screw everything up. Huge growth in Bitcoin whales after price rally to $11,000. This is Tim Copeland writing for decrypt.co. The number of Bitcoin accounts with more than $1 million worth of Bitcoin has grown 40% in the last week. Man, the number of Bitcoin whales has hit 18,000 after a sudden increase in the last few days. According to data provider Glassnode, a 40% surge coincided with a recent boost in the price of Bitcoin after flatlining in the low 9,000s for weeks. You mean languishing for weeks? Bitcoin's price suddenly broke 10,000 and then 11,000 in a matter of days since this is based on blockchain data it doesn't necessarily mean that there are now 16,000 bitcoin billionaires it just refers to the number of accounts that contain at least 1 million worth of bitcoin 1 million dollars worth of bitcoins uh whether they are exchange accounts looking after other people's money, or multiple accounts owned by the same people. And account by accounts, they mean private keys. Just keep that in mind. The price action is the main reason behind the increase, since it's a measure of the amount of fiat value in these Bitcoin addresses. When the price went up, it nudged many addresses into the $1 million mark. This follows a trend reversal. In the movement of funds to and from exchanges, as Decrypt reported last week, the trend switched as more Bitcoin started heading back into the exchanges rather than moving away from them, which is where they should go. Typically, this is seen as a bearish sign suggesting more traders might be wanting to sell, but for the price to jump up $2,000 in two days, someone has to be buying. Yeah, that's true. So that's the end of that article. But yeah, this is sort of like, in my opinion, this is a meh trick. Get it? Meh trick? Yeah, like meh. I don't give a shit. I don't, but... These are the narratives that are going to be used against us at one point or another. How? I don't know. I'm just saying, be prepared to have somebody figure out a way to f- construct an argument about Bitcoin whales and the fact that we have more of them now than we did earlier somehow is going to be used against us, okay? Make sure that you you make sure that that you counter with at least, you don't know if there's 18 or 16 million new, you know, or bitcoin whales into, or 18,000 bitcoin whales total. You don't know that. You and that's and and then use that <clears throat> to harp on the good qualities of bitcoin. I'm just saying because yeah, it's going this stuff's going to come out and people are going to use it against us against bitcoin. Got to be ready, got to be prepared, you know, just buckle up. That's going to do it for the morning wrap in. <music> Terrible Joke Corner brought to you today, as usual, as every day, by Dad Says Jokes at Dad Says Jokes on Twitter. I had a crazy dream that I weighed less than a thousandth of a gram. I was like, OMG. That's zero MG. Like, Zero milligrams. Get it. Yeah, it's these are one of the jokes that's uh, funnier to read than uh, listen to. You got to finagle it. I mean, that's what one of the things that I I find funny about, like, especially like short jokes, dad jokes and whatnot like that is that it depends on it's not that it depends there are. They could be written for either full-blown, like the context is, I'm going to tell you this joke audibly, or I'm going to write this joke down and you're going to read it, and you get completely different uh, styles of of jokes and what you can use for the punchline. Since this is a visual joke, i.e. reading the symbology of the letters, it completely falls flat if you just say, if you read the joke, I had a crazy dream that I weighed less than a thousandth of a gram. I was like, OMG. And just let it go there hell half the people may not ever really get it but when you read it because the zero is a little bit larger and more oblong than the o in most fonts then it's like oh god it's terrible it's a terrible joke but that's why we read them here on bitcoin and um so do i have anything else for you guys um I don't think so, but uh, it's where are we at. Yeah, we're right at. We're Damn, we're right at an hour, bro. Um, <clears throat> again, I'm going to probably be reviewing. I, I think I'm going to try to review uh, a full review of the Shaman Sharmory, uh card game that I got from the good folks over there at Play Shamari. Shamari. Sorry, <laughs> sometimes it's hard for me. Um, and uh, I gave a mini review, and I think I might have accidentally sold one of their products for them, uh, which i which I find fascinating, Ansel Lindner said in the when I gave a mini review, he said that uh, he tweeted back to the mini review that I did. He said ordered, and I'm like, oh shit, I think I accidentally sold a, a deck of cards for somebody, which I think is cool as shit, man. I thought I had a lot of fun with that, but anyway, I'm gonna give a much more in-depth review on the directions, uh, like when you're learning how to play the game. Uh, try to like kind of tease out how easy it is for kids to pick up what to do and I don't know some some other things but it's going to be definitely like a fuller review and I'm, I'm hoping to do that uh, tomorrow but if not tomorrow it'll be it'll be sometime next week and I think that's gonna do it hell I'll just see you guys on the other side this has been Bitcoin and and I'm your host David Bennett